0: Doing Christ Temple North? Yes. Oh man, we could probably go home after that, right? Yes. Unbelievable. I think they stole my notes this morning. Um, before we really get into it, there's some things that are going on at Christ Temple North amongst you guys. I just want to recognize it so we can see God working. Um, first person I want to recognize, Riley, can you stand up? It's hard to miss Riley. Okay, (laughs) left tackle for Winnetonka. What is this week? Homecoming, Homecoming. and you are up for homecoming king. Correct. (laughs) And you are what in your class? What do you serve as? Uh, Class treasurer. Class Class treasurer. He serves as class treasurer. He's a left tackle for his football team, and uh, he is up for homecoming king. The other person that's here, she's working back with the kids. She's up. Jay Lee is up for homecoming queen this Friday. I'm so excited to not only see you take some kids' heads off, um, <laughs> but to be there and show your classmates recognizing you and what you've done for them. Your, your character and everything else. Whether you win or not, I'm going to be up there beaming with pride. Amen. So way to go, Riley. <laughs> Another person, I got news this morning. Nathan, can you stand up? Nathan, it's a big milestone, right? Yes, sir. If you can say it loud enough, what, what is today, Mark, for you? years your sobriety can vote now Um, that is amazing and to sit there and your son being next to you he doesn't know that he doesn't know that side of you that's how far you've come and to see him doing with that that's amazing what you've meant for this church you telling your story over the years being open and honest you know, going on Oprah, just sharing your story nationwide and everything else. Use this example and giving the people the confidence to come out and say, Hey, I struggled with this. So I've been went through that situation. So what you meant to Christ Temple North is it's indescribable, and we, we are so excited to share this with you. Maddie. Absolutely. So I had a pretty good week. I had a pretty interesting week, okay? Um Fellowship of Christian Athletes Men got together at men's retreat weekend, and we went camping. Now, those that know me know that I am not an outdoorsman, okay? (laughs) I barely like doing my own yard work, okay? So to go camping is not something that's high on my priority list. Okay, I can say probably about a thousand things I would rather do. But you can't chicken out. Okay, you can't be that guy in the office that decides not to go or has some fake reason why he can't make it. If you've ever been in a locker room, that's what it's like. Okay, so that's what it's like at work. So I had to go unfortunately the forecast for this weekend has some storms in the forecast. Okay? So, after doing my research I got my list of things I need in a storm while camping, okay? I'm not sure if other people had the same idea, but when you go to the store before a storm, uh, some people, it's just a thunderstorm, but somehow bread was missing, okay? it was it was incredible like it's just an overnight thunderstorm but we always freak out we say hey storms on the forecast we gotta be prepared for it okay so I was prepared and everything else we get there had a great time I swim in the lake I see my sister looking at me yes the lake was fun okay Um, the water felt amazing nothing touched my foot which thankfully um, it would have been over for me. If that was the case, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Check out. But we had a great time. You know, we're winding down the the night, you know, sitting by the campfire, getting ready. And uh, I knew from my Googling that if it was going to rain overnight, I had to get the tent correct, right? I had to close all the windows and make sure everything, no, nothing's touching the sides of the tent so no water comes in and everything else. We were ready. So midway through the night, I'm a very light sleeper. And our tent is right next to the tree line. So every little animal and creature and owl and everything else, I was awake the whole night, okay? I, I was, what was that? What was that? Oh God, ah! I didn't know what was going on, okay? The worst part was, I think I got back, settled down, I have my eyes closed, and I hear something sniffing by my tent. I just made eye contact with my sister. She is squirming in her seat right now. She knows. I don't know what it was. It could have been a deer. could have been a possum, a raccoon. I don't know what it was. All I know is it was sniffing right by my head, and it went from the guy I was sleeping with, and it went all the way down the tent. Oh, I froze. I didn't sleep for another two hours. Oh, my gosh. So to get in my own bed last night, I slept like a baby, because I did not sleep well on this camping trip. But um, the thunder did come. The storm did come early in the morning and there's nothing you can do but just sit there. You in it, right? You are just in it. You smell your tent just hearing the, the storm sitting there. There's nothing you can do, right? We're out in the middle of the woods. It's muddy everywhere. You just got to sit there and wait it out. Oh, man, sometimes that storm. that it, it could have been 30 minutes. It could have been two hours. I don't know what how long it was, but it was long enough, OK? A millennial who needs his microwave dinner right now, okay? DoorDash, Uber Eats right now, okay? It was a struggle, okay? So, but this church tells us and teaches us that we have these storms that come up, that crop up in our life, no matter what season. Some we're prepared for. I was prepared for it. I was looking at the forecast. The forecast, they did a great job predicting when it was going to rain. They even got it down to the hour, and it was basically right on time. And I was ready for that storm. I was prepared and so forth. But then there are some storms that you're unprepared for. Some are prolonged storms, storms of seasons of your life, and you just have you ever questioned Jesus? Where are you? Where are you? I've been praying. I'm going to church. I've been tithing. I've been doing everything I can. Ain't nothing working. I had this cloud just hanging over me. I've never been depressed, but those that have said that they've been depressed, they feel like there's a cloud just hanging over and They live in a fog. Jesus, where are you? David had reached that point. And I was reading this in Psalms 13. David writes, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. Mm -hmm. Have any of you been in that spot before? (laughs) Some of you may feel in that right now. Jesus, where are you? I can imagine David writing this on his knees. Answer me. I need you. I don't feel you. I don't see you. I don't hear you. Where are you? Send me a text message. Something. Like a Facebook status. Give me something. Where are you? I remember being in that position a couple times in my life the one that was, you know, as a major as a sports athlete, the moment I tore my hamstring, I was in that season. My whole identity to that point was being an athlete. And I'm at MU running the 60 meters, the second track meet of my college career. Feeling pretty good. Felt like I got hit with a sniper rifle. Took two steps, hit the deck. No one tells you the storm of rehab. And what that is like. Oh man, me and my trainer have a love-hate relationship. Oh man, the amount of deep tissue massages, and stem treatments, and pool workouts, and the teams are going away on track meets. I'm staying at home because no point taking an injured athlete who can't run my whole identity had been taken away from me. Right? I can't even practice, let alone go to track meets. So what I do is I try to hurry back before I'm ready. And then I got re-injured again. Add to the fact that I'm in this pharmacy program I'm not really really liking. And it just whole season, my freshman college life is just it's just a cloud. How many conversations I had with my mom and my dad after a track meet just hurt, broken down. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I felt like it. I'm here at the spot. I've been working my whole life. I got a college scholarship, all this. And I can't do it. I'm struggling. I'm not having the success. And then when I can not get on the track, I'm not the athlete I once was. And it was incredibly frustrating. Me and Pastor and my parents had so many conversations over those next couple of years. It was a cloud. Not telling all the relationships I went through during that time. But some of you, those storms come up out of nowhere. Relationships that you thought might be going somewhere fall apart. The person that you may have said, I do for the rest of my life, they give you divorce papers. (coughs) Job that you hate, that you're stuck in, and you don't know what's next. You don't want to lose that security of a paycheck and insurance. A parent gets sick, and it's on you to find out what's next your union goes on strike and you don't know how long or what the terms will be today we're going to look at some individuals who are in the midst of that storm let's all I'll give you a second to turn to mark chapter 6 and as we're turning right before the scripture is going to read today Jesus got done Feeding 5,000 people with a number two from Burger King. It's one of the greatest miracles of all time. To the point where, I'm wondering how I can get that coupon, right? To the point where they had left so much food left over that they had baskets full. And the people got around Jesus and they want to make him king. And he he ain't about that. It's not what I'm here for. I was sent with a purpose. So that's where we pick up. And if you've ever been to a Sunday school class or if you grew up in church as a kid, you probably heard this story a lot. I've heard this story quite a bit. I can probably recite it to you by memory. I've heard it so much. But when you're in the midst of that storm, sometimes it's hard to forget this particular message. What we're supposed to get out of it? Mark chapter six, beginning at verse forty-five, it says, "Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd." If you know the story, there is a storm coming. These are hired, by trade, fishermen. They know the water's getting kind of rough. They see the clouds coming in. They're not idiots. When I was on that camping trip, I saw the clouds coming in. I'm not a meteorologist by trade, but I know enough. Dark clouds, I see some flashes of light, it's coming. Okay? But it says here that Jesus made them get into the boat, knowing that the storm was coming. Potentially putting them at risk for a life-threatening incident. I've seen enough movies. You get in a boat in the middle of a storm, you got a great movie disaster right there. Okay? I, I guarantee you Peter has some words to say about getting in that boat at that particular time. Oftentimes, we get this thought that if we encounter a storm, we must have done something wrong and deserve it. It's a false thought. Sometimes we do experience storms due to our disobedience, but sometimes those storms come at the direction of God itself. Some storms we sin into some other storms he sends us into okay if you've been living a life worthy to be on Maury (laughs) you about to be on paternity court the church will pray for you and we'll try to do everything you can to help you fix your life and get you in order But that's a storm you ask for yourself if you got a $40,000 salary, but you're trying to live like you make 70000 right. and now you're $15, twenty thousand dollars 20000 in credit card debt, you're going to have to weather that storm while you dig yourself out of it. Yeah. That's just something that you put yourself into. Yeah. We're not talking about those kind of storms today. If you are in middle one of those storms, stick around. Okay, pastor will be here next week. He'll get you correct. (laughs) However, if you are facing a storm because you're utilizing your God-given talents and abilities, that is a storm that he sent you into. Last week, I got a chance to go to the KC Fashion Show. Clarissa, back there, had an opportunity to show her fashion line. She was on various news stations and articles. They did some stories on her. She got to share some of her testimony. I can imagine the storms that went through. I'm going to leave my job to pursue my passion. I'm going to leave the security of a salary, benefits, to pursue something where I'm not sure if I can make payroll. I have to be the accountant, the marketing, I have to be the product designer. I have to do all these things. Maybe some of those things I'm not gifted in. That's some stress. Things come up. I see David, who owns a couple businesses himself. Things come up. You put yourself out there on the line, you have to market yourself. Calls, some calls don't get returned. Did I sell enough product to pay my mortgage this month? Where I'm going to get this extra funding. The bank said no. I'm trying to fill out other applications for some grants. All these different things have come up. Because you are trying to pursue your passion. Those are storms. It is hard to see what God is doing in your life in those particular moments. Those are just busy times for you. And Clarissa, I had a blast at that fashion show. I told you this, but being in the audience throughout the whole show, when you're one of the last people to, to show your wares, and to hear how loud of a reaction people got, I can only imagine the storms that you went preparing up for that week, for that show. You know, this model didn't show up on time. Um, what's the press going to say about me afterwards? What's the tweet, what, what are they saying on Twitter? What's the reaction going to be? And I could you not, know, I had to elbow some people on the way to that, fo- that, that photo shoot afterwards because so many people wanted to come up to you. And it was a truly blessing seeing God at work and you perse- uh, persevering in that storm to showcase um, your talents. I had a great time. Some storms we send into, other storms he sends us into. Verse 46, it says, After leaving them, he went up to them on a mountainside to pray. You want to know where Jesus is doing, where he's at in the midst of your storm? The first thing he's doing, he's praying for you. That's what he did here. He knows he sends them into the storm. He knows what's about to happen. He sent them anyways. And he goes up and he's praying for you. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. You don't have to turn to it. He says, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He is in the fight with you, interceding, right? He is your defense attorney. He is Johnny Cochran, right? The glove does not fit, right? For some of you that are older, it's right over your head. I was younger, it went right over your head. Um, know that while you endure your storm, we have Jesus Christ sent the right hand of the God, interceding. And fighting your case for you. He is your defense attorney. He is speaking for things that you may not even know what to pray for. He is bringing up situations to get you off the hook. And then when that judgment comes, he's the one that took the punishment. Verse 47. Later the night, that night... The boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars, because the wind was against them. The second thing he's at, he's doing, he is watching over you. Right. Right. From the mountainside, he can see the, the sea. He can see the boat. He sees them straining. Ah, oh, this vendor's not paying. He's, he's, he wants me to do the bill ahead of time and not doing afterwards after the product is sold and all this stuff he sees you straining insurance is too expensive he sees you straining oh man i'm trying to go for this promotion am i going to get it i've been doing the work i'm supposed to be doing i'm taking care of my responsibilities is it my time to get that promotion finally? I won't get passed over. He sees you straining and struggling. The, gre- the greatest thing is, while He sees you straining and struggling, He knows and understands the struggle. This is why Jesus Christ separates us from every other religion, because our Savior became human. He knows every single temptation, every single struggle. He, understand, he knows and he understands it. It's hard to have compassion for something you don't know or understand. But he knows, he understands, and he has complete compassion for you. Compassion for you. So that's why he's watching over you. If it got too rough, he knows. He also knows that they can keep paddling. They have the endurance to keep paddling. It's Like, hey, they've done this a while. They're trained fishermen. They can keep paddling for a while. I've trained them for this point in time. Okay. We'll keep reading. Verse 48. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by. But when they saw him walk on the lake... They thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Jesus is near to you during your storm. You may not recognize him, you may not see him, you may not hear him, but he is near you during your storm. When the disciples saw Jesus, they did not recognize Him. Mainly because when you're in the midst of the storm, it's hard to see reality clearly. In Bible study, someone shared about being in your feelings and emotions. Your feelings and emotions oftentimes cloud reality it is not what you are feeling oftentimes and you can't see what god is doing or recognize him you can't hear him all you hear about is that bill that's due that stress having to go and deal with that boss again right i have to deal with that boss that just passed me up over for the, for that promotion now to humble myself Sometimes it's difficult seeing clearly, and the enemy loves it nothing more for you to see reality differently. He can't wait to jump on that bandwagon and say you are awful, right? right? He is the guy that wants like the Cleveland Browns fans who put their the baggage over their heads. Right during the football games, because they can't wait to just say, This team is terrible. He wants to remind you of all your failures, he wants to remind you of what you shouldn't be doing, where you should be at. Right? He can't wait to remind you of that classmate who has that big house and that wife and family that you should have had. And you're in the middle of that storm and you're fighting, you're struggling, you're straining against the wind. And you don't see any end in sight. You can't see the Doppler radar. When is this going to end? So sometimes it's difficult seeing reality clear. And that's why I believe the disciples could not recognize Jesus. Because they're in the midst of the storm. They are struggling. The great thing is is that Jesus understood that they didn't recognize him. So he spoke out to them. He cut through that rain, that wind, loud enough so they can hear him. And he says, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. The greatest thing is, he also gets in the boat with them. He gets in the boat and says, I'm here. I'm near. You called out. I'm here. I'm here with you. I'm in the storm now, too. Verse 51, he says, Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. The next thing, Jesus intervenes for you during your storm. It says here that as soon as he got in the boat, the storm died down immediately. It didn't just calm down. It didn't just start flying away, didn't pass over, they'll know it calmed down immediately. When Jesus says it's enough, it's enough, it's over with. It's over with. There's times when I was a coach at track practice, you go in with a certain plan, you want your athletes to get something out of that practice. And there are, for track athletes, there are hard days, and then there are recovery days you know what those hard days are. So you go in there with a certain mindset what the hard days are going to be and then the recovery days help you get over that hard workout. There are times where I thought they could do eight or nine or ten reps of some whatever workout. Rep six, getting kind of choppy, kind of rough, they're starting to break down seven, eight, there's no point doing nine and ten because they're already fried. And immediately you have to call off the workout. They can't handle it anymore. They can't handle it anymore. There's no point doing nine and ten because all you're doing is just wasting energy. You're, not going, you're actually might be breaking down doing more harm than good. And so as a good coach should, is end the workout. Right then and there, Go do your cool down. Go stretch. Athletes love that, right? Because they know, like, oh, man, we got two more. This is a struggle. But when it quits, you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Right? There's so many times I praise Jesus because of Pastor Fields, Coach Fields. Oh, man, that man had some workouts. But after speaking to disciples... He immediately calms their fields, climbs to the boat, and clears the storm. When he is ready, your storm will end too. Sometimes storms have multiple purposes for it. Some of them are workouts or something better, or something much tougher down the road. Some of them are building up endurance building up faith, building up whatever you need to handle what's coming next. But He's in the boat with you. He sees, he understands, and he knows. So what should I do during my storm? Uh, Tre- Brother Trevor, I hear you, but I'm in that storm right now. What should I do while I'm in the midst of this storm, this season? where I don't see an end in sight. The first thing you should do is look for Jesus in your storm. Look for him. Disciples saw him coming to them on water. Even though they didn't recognize him at the beginning, look for God moments in your daily life. It could be something simple as, one of your friends on Facebook posts a scripture and you just happen to scroll by it. Read it. Double tap it. It could be just for you. Look for those small God moments. That coworker who says three words to you all year all of a sudden wants to have a conversation with you at lunch. It's not a mistake. He might be saying, hey, it's me. I got you. Here's someone that might send a word of encouragement for you. And they just talk about how their day's going. But you sneak something in. They sneak something in there. You're like, oh, I like that. It's not without reason. Look for those moments. Sometimes we look for those big splashes when Jesus appears, right? Other accounts of this story, we know that Peter gets out of the water and walks on water and everything else. And that's a great story. Love it. I chose Mark because sometimes we may not see the full picture, but we get enough of what we need. Look for God; those God moments. The second thing, listen for the Holy Spirit through your storm. If you are going through a storm right now, I have no idea how you are missing Bible study. I honestly had no idea. I will rearrange my Tuesday nights or Thursday uh, at noon time. I will try to do everything I can to get to a Bible study. Because for the past year, Pastor Fields has been harping us about what the Holy Spirit does for us. Listen for the Holy Spirit through your storm. The noise and the fog that's living you're in, the Holy Spirit pierces it. It's a double-edged sword. It cuts through bone and marrow. It pierces whatever that dark cloud is hanging over you. But you have to be listening when hearing is difficult. When you are so stressed out, listen and He will speak to you through His Word, through a sermon, through a Bible study, in the scriptures, he will speak to you if you're willing to listen. So one of the funny things is sometimes I have staff that call me wanting support. They need help. They're having an issue that they're struggling with, so they call me to try to help solve their problem. Every once in a while I get this phone call Well, the person overtalks me. and I'm not a man of many words. So the very first thing with my number one pet piece that I have to work on consistently, I hate repeating myself <laughs> with a passion. I don't talk much, but when I do, I expect you to listen. So when you call me having a problem that I know I can solve for you, I hear you now give me a chance to answer and when you cut me off I had to do it this week and my coworkers laugh every time I had to tell them are you going to shut up and let me answer or are you going to keep telling me your problem? sometimes you gotta just shut up and listen he, we know he's watching he sees you straining he sees the struggle. Look for him and be willing to listen. He's talking to you. Shut up and listen. Sometimes prayer does, you know, prayer does definitely help. It definitely, now don't get me twisted. Continue to speak to him in prayer about your issues. But you don't need to go to him 42 times about the same prayer. He he heard you. Okay, now shut up and listen, because he probably gave you an answer about 42 times. The last thing, learn what he wants to teach you from your storm. Mark tells us the disciples did not understand what Jesus was teaching them. They couldn't figure out at that particular moment. Mark, later on, goes and writes the Gospels by talking to the disciples. I guarantee you they had an answer after that. After all they went through, they had an answer, oh, I remember that storm. I remember what I was supposed to learn from that. Figure out what he is trying to get through to you through that storm. If you're on mari that's a different storm. <laughs> but if you're working on God's gifts, you're working your talents, you're in law school, and you're stressed out, wondering if this is the right path, he's talking to you. Learn what he's trying to get to you. Their hard hearts just didn't get it. They failed to learn what Jesus was teaching. Ask God to show you, and he will show you. If you are in the middle of that storm, we're going to have Brother uh, Mr. DJ come up. If you are in a storm, I implore you to come and ask for prayer. Ask for guidance. Come to God and ask, God, what do you want me to learn from this? Be willing to listen throughout this week and make sure that you look on a daily basis so that your reality is not distorted. Thank you, guys. DJ, you wanna close this out?